Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. again that ah! <laughs> just like completely redlined i love that i love an auditory like assault i wanted to know that i was here for part of my three episode arc you didn't realize it the first time but this is number two yeah this is number two we're back it's me ed and lara subbing in your host of babe mm-hmm. um we day after july 4th the day after july 4th and uh, we had a bit of a journey yesterday oh yeah yeah things happened uh, we had a great time my we had friend a great time. who is the gm of the nomad hotel downtown la shout out because it actually was really amazing gave me and simon because he could tell that i needed like a, a soothe journey mm-hmm. a staycation and so simon and i went there and then we invited all the lollers we knew to the p- roof pool and we had a really good time. What really made it for me was the fact that the music wasn't too loud. They kept it at a minimum amount of people like guests only or friends of guests. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was just like a place where you could just like finally relax in LA. Finally. Finally. You could relax. It's been so hard. Finally. After all these years. After all these years, you could finally relax. I haven't been relaxed for one night in my entire life until last until night. Until last night. I love that for Until you. we saw... Until we saw Brain on Fire. But prior to that, so we're by the pool. And the one thing I will say that scared me by the pool is... Oh, are you okay? You're just getting getting some chapstick? chapstick And I was moving over my Yelp reviews for later. Mm -hmm. You want to reapply or... I do. I'm feeling a little chapstick. Okay, yeah. It's fun. You have a real chapstick thing going on. If I leave the house or find myself without chapstick in my pocket... I have a 45-minute window before I panic. Yeah. Like, it's a pull over the car, and I'll take whatever I can get. What brand are you doing This is doing not right my now? favorite. It's Burt's. It's, it's Burt's like, It's not my favorite. What was that brand? Remember when you got, you found chapstick that you loved, so you ordered 20 of them? Yeah. And they came to the house while I was staying here during my, like, Airbnb homeless journey. Your and dark were journey. Cha- my dark period. And there were chapsticks. It was your Picasso's blue years. It was my blue years. Yeah. My Pablo era. <laughs> and like there was Ed ordered a literal box of 20 chapsticks yeah. and they were all over the house. But it was a chic brand. What was it? Unfortunately, I'd have to have one in my pockets called like JB and family. I don't remember. All you don't I remember? Know, you were well, so into them. Well, I know. How I still quickly have you them. forget. Well, they're around. It's just like one of those initial brands that you're just like, oh, whatever. I love this brand, though. But I originally discovered it when I got upgraded once on American Airlines, and it came in the toiletry kit, and I was like, this is this a is chapstick that stays on. Mm-hmm. It keeps you moist. 
Yeah, and check you can, two. You can also fall asleep and wake up and feel okay. Like, even if you're dehydrated, your lips aren't. Yeah, that's so like, important. So, like, you wake up thirsty and you're like, oh, 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 but then you're like, oh, God, my lips feel great. And yeah. that's like a true sign. That's a true a chapstick, chapstick that's worth it. Keeper. Yeah. Because it's hard out there to find chapsticks that you connect with or like lip balm that oh my you connect God. with. Carmex, no. Burt's, no. Chapstick brand, no. No, I don't go I don't go drugstore when it comes to chapstick. There's a couple. I go, like Labello is a drugstore or European drugstore brand that's actually pretty good. But that's my take. <laughs> Labello. You're coming in hot with like a fresh oven nomad hotel saying recommending some well, European chapsticks. Well, You're keeping you know, it relatable. I <laughs> If there's one thing I hope to bring to this podcast is just to like just to be able to be a person that you guys can relate to as the readers. The readers that, love a high-end journey. Well, I also am hoping the readers that are when they realize end. that I'm high-end, that it's going to motivate them more to go to my Amazon wishlist. Oh, yeah. Bring it back. Do you, so, you don't even put chapstick on your Amazon wishlist. I didn't, but I should. You should. And you know what? I'll find that Update brand it. and put it on. Yeah. A 20-pack. Um, about $200. A 20-pack. Yeah. Just a casual 200-20-pack. Just for some lubrication. I What am I doing with my chapstick journey right now? I've really been into this one by Sage. You know that brand? Mm-mm. It's like a, it's like kind of like a mall store, but like mm. it's for like aromatherapy. I know I lost you at mall, but it's I th- like, started thinking of Lush soap and started getting triggered. But like, it's not like a Lush. It's like a very like it's like Sage. It's I mean, like I love S A J E. Oh, so it's like <laughs> Sage. <laughs> The J? That's and it's rude. like aromatherapy, but then they also had this chapstick or lip balm called Virgin Lips. And I was like, I need. Well, I trust you. So, so that one's it. good. You know what? What? You could send that to me if you wanted. I could. Mm-hmm. I definitely could do that. And maybe you should. Maybe I won't, probably. Mm. I feel like you're set on chapsticks. Actually, what I, I know. lose them and run out of them all the time. So That's a wild thing to do. I've been using a Vanderpump Rules brand chapstick. Mm, that's got to like, no, fiberglass No, it's actually it. kind of good. It's from, by one of the cast members of Vanderpump Rules has her own line. Not, I don't think you've ever seen her. Christina oh, Kelly. She's later on. Ha, no, she's just like friend of. So she pops in and out and like scowls and is very, very thin. She's first season though. Um, I think you can see her like in the background a couple of times in the first season. She's not like a featured cast member. She was able to just like make a, she just like makes them in her apartment or something. This is where things get dicey. Cause like, the thing about me is that I hate sharing chapstick. Well, I want you to overcome your fears. I'm actually like have it like I just broke into like a cold sweat. Well, is that babe of me? Yeah. I, no, I think that that's like I have healthy. a zero herpy journey. I know, but that's it's not about that. It's I'm about just like germs. Oh my god, I hate this. I'm never gonna use this chapstick again. Well, then I guess it's mine. No, <laughs> I win. <laughs> mm. It's nice. It's all mm. natural. Coco Rose. I share toothbrushes. I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to just say this to the readers right now. <laughs> People that are too hypochondriac about that kind of shit are just ridiculous to me. Like, it's one thing to, like, put on someone's sweaty socks and be like, ugh. But it's another thing if someone's, like, brushed their teeth, washed off the toothbrush. No, a toothbrush? Come on. 
That is gross. Dude, dude, you need to get over it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't love using strangers' toothbrush, but I would use yours, and I use Simon's all the time, and he uses mine. <laughs> well, I mean, we make out. If you eat ass, get over it. I know, but like, it just is like crossing a line. Like, and I'll eating eat- fecal matter isn't. You don't eat fecal matter. Well, there's always fecal matter there, no matter how much you douche. Um, I've like encountered some pretty clean assholes in well, my life, or like at least one. When you scrub a toothbrush under water, and all there was was maybe lingering plaque. It's definitely less harmful than like a bacteria that's in your butthole. I won't disagree with that, but I also like won't share a toothbrush with anyone. Even I'm if from- I was like. I need to brush my teeth or I'm going to die. If you were going to die, I would... No, I mean, like, we're camping and I'm like, I'm really, like, having a hard time. I need to brush my teeth. No, absolutely not. I'd be you, like, would you, you should would you say? Br- squeeze some toothbrush onto your finger and then just rub your mouth. And Or, here's a good idea, get a paper towel or a towel and just rub your teeth. Well, if we're camping, we don't always have paper towels. Well, you would have a towel. So you could rub your teeth with a I towel. I do use a towel sometimes. Yeah. But I will say, now I know how to, like, low-key troll you. It's just, like, when you're doing it. It's ask it. for a chapstick. No. Just, like, use your toothbrush and, like, dry it off really quickly. And like, Well, if I don't know about it, then I'm not so <laughs> trolled. You would have to go in my bathroom and then walk out with my toothbrush brushing your teeth. and that. But was- I love just, like, the idea that I'd go up, brush my teeth, be, like, super fresh, dry it off, and you'd be like, hmm. I would never know. Yeah, it wouldn't know, affect me. And you'd be fine. But... I don't know. I just am freaked out by Wait, it. Wait, so can we ask the readers another question? Mm-hmm. You are can there ask any, the readers like, Are there any dentists out there? Are there any people that know about bacteria in the mouth and yeah. infection spread? Like, how dangerous really is it if you're a nurse, a doctor, a dentist, even an orthodontist, which is kind of unrelated in a way. It's mm-hmm. more like changing the structure of your mouth. Yeah. But I take an orthodontist recommendation at this point. Is it really that bad to share a toothbrush Especially with someone that you that know is, is a real clean. That's a babe period for me. A share of tube with a brush. Babe period is neither good nor bad. No, it is. It's babe, full stop. It's like a cease and desist well, type of babe. this is me as a new, new ARC member. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, a cease and desist? You need an intervention. Desist? Yeah, because you know about the babe hierarchy. Well, I know that babe exclamation part... Point exclamation is good. point is good. I know that babe question, babe question mark, mark is, is like, are you on the TBD. edge of like some situations? Mm-hmm. And then babe period is like, it's decided and it's done. What if a dentist or like a professional came to you and was like, it's totally chill? Maybe I'd be like more open. This is a new layer I didn't know about you. I'm trying to be open minded and non judgmental, but it's pretty likewise. Mm-hmm. The fact that you wouldn't share in a time of need, you'd be like, use the bark off that tree. Um, yeah, I'd be like, use your hand or here's some water just in my toothpaste. Here's some leftover fingernail scrapings of mine. Just rub it on. I think you would figure it out. I want to know from the readers, toothbrush yeah. sharing, yay or nay. I have a feeling that it's nay. Well, you have a predominantly female audience and I feel like it's I kind think of that even thing. the males would also say. I bet. I think a lot of people share with their partners when they need to. Well, when they need to, but like. I feel like you go cross the line of need. and Well, I haven't used a friend's like a toothbrush shirt. in a long time. I love. But in general, I've had friends being like, I forgot my toothbrush. Can I use yours? And I'm like, fine, yeah. Because mm-hmm. by the time it's in the morning and it's dried out, it's like nothing alive. I feel like that's not science. 
It's kind of like cum. It's like if the cum dries on you, all the diseases are gone. So then you just like you could rub it off. You could and just, let it like flake off. No, I'm just saying like it's no longer a risk. I feel like that's not science either. That is cum. I don't think that your cum theories or your toothbrush theories the are scientifically proven. <laughs> I need to have like a doctor or scientist here to fact check because you're making claims I'm right making now. claims tonight and I want to because I I want to you're like if you have unprotected sex and let someone come in your bed but then it you fart it <laughs> no, out it's no, definitely it's fine I, I said you're like, I said if you, if you crush a rusty <laughs> nail if you step on a rusty nail and it penetrates your whole foot but then it bleeds only for five minutes you definitely don't have to get a tetanus shot you're living by your own rules no my by- thing was that I had once asked my doctor saying like so what happens if like it's, <laughs> like what happens like when cum dries does the, does the virus live on it like on your skin yeah like if someone were to come on your chest and you would like where it happened like scratch your chest and then like chew your fingernail or something like what's the risk and you have a cut in your mouth or something mm-hmm. and he was like none <laughs> yeah that seems like a pretty complicated way of like well i'm just saying when he says when it, it's exposed to air for too long it's dead mm-hmm. it needs a moist place so you're saying that a toothbrush is the same is the same and i can't back that up but i feel like there might be some <laughs> dentists that are listening that can yeah please weigh in and email because also plaque isn't like alive it's not like all like <laughs> <laughs> no it's just like kind of like a crunch journey well if you wash it off enough it's like gone we can move on to like a new topic now, but I love that. And I want any readers that have intel on this, please email. I want to know Honestly, when we were discussing what we were going to talk about, sharing toothbrushes did not come up. No, but that's part of the journey is I just know, like I love that. life takes you places. And sometimes and you know what? it's our first disagreement. It is our first disagreement. Well, I had to like <laughs> thinking about. Like the chapstick thing, because I'm just like a firm, I'm a firm no share, but you know what I will do what? is I'll use other people's chapstick in a pinch. Okay, but so I that makes share. no sense. I know, me. it doesn't make sense, but I just don't want their, I don't want their germs on my. So you're just more of a greedy, possessive person. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm like completely selfish. As long as you own it. Oh, I 100% own it. It's fucked up, but it's. But you're like, let me use yours, which is literally like, you don't even know how many people they shared that with. Yeah. Whereas yours is under control. Mine's so you under know, control. So you know I where know, it's been. Yeah. I know exactly who's But you're just like in a pinch, you're like, I'll use it, which is kind of how I feel about a toothbrush to be Yeah, honest. but I, it happens maybe twice a year and I feel like your toothbrush sharing happens. Four times a year. Four? Four. Okay. And I was under the impression that it happens like four times a month. How often <laughs> do you think that I'm with random people without a toothbrush? I don't know. With it my just boy- happened yesterday. No, no, but my boyfriend is not a random person. He's like someone I've been with for five years. Okay, that's fair. Okay. All right. I mean, readers, I come on. I give that couples, a, a Couples out pass. there that are readers, you use things together. Yeah. I did once have an argument with an ex-boyfriend where I wouldn't let him use my chapstick. I believe it. Yeah. That's one thing I was that if still, I were straight and dating you, I wouldn't like. I know. But the rest of you would love. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing about me is that there's lots to like and lots to not like. 
But that's I love, life. I love 99.9% of you. Oh my God. I love 99.9% of you. I thought you were going to say 0.8. Just I to, was like, gonna to say underscore 8. me and just throw me <laughs> into the goddamn box. I was going to say 0.8. But I was then hoping I, you wouldn't away so we could start a, a fake spat. A dialogue. I know. Um, and so we'd yeah. have to edit it out. Well, no, not, or just the, keep it not real. with this. We're real. And we won't hear anything edited on this one. We watched a really Ooh. babe Ooh. movie last night that I need to discuss and also highly recommend. It's on Netflix. It's called Brain on Fire. <laughs> and like it was recommended to me. Like I turned on Netflix the other day to oh, finish Netflix. The Staircase. Yeah, as you know. Yeah. And just like have like a moment with date. Like I've really been settling into like when I'm alone now, your crush for that guy. Yeah. Like I don't, I, how many times have you masturbated to him twice so far. And which was better the first or second. Both were really good and different, but had you seen him age in the second time? You know what? I did see him age and I was a little bit turned off when he came back. Cause it had been so long and he looked different. He had like a goatee instead of a yeah. beard. But then someone messaged me that he actually like had a stroke. So then I felt bad for him because I and was did like, "Did that turn you on?" Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> okay, so yeah, a stroke that- is like a like a reinvigorating like clit journey for you. Yeah, it brought my boner completely back. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh my god!" I was Are like, you "Hearing he's this, sweet. <laughs> I was like, "He's a darling." I was like, "He's nice," and you know, strokes happen. That's true. That's very true. I've never heard of him as a turn on, but I love that you're well, like. No, it's just like I was a like, survivor. You know what? Aging, I feel really especially trolled by aging now. So when I'm so attracted to someone and then I see that they've aged a lot, it like triggers my own aging bullshit. So Everyone that's what was happening. But then it's like I don't know. Somehow the stroke like equalized things, and then I was back on. I love that you were just like. Your boner shrink, but the stroke made it rise to the sky. But then you know what I really enjoy is like I love. Seeing... Did you think about the stroke while you were masturbating? No, but it. No. I what I love and the what stroke I realized... erased his elderless. Yeah, it just was like oh, that's what happens when you get old. And then like, you were like go happen. back like, to him at fifty-five. It's life happens. Yeah, and so then I watched him sixty-five, whatever. Because like it took a while to get to him like doing his thing in a courtroom, and that's when I feel like he really shines. That's is when, when he shines he's, for you. Yeah, that's when he shines for me. Is when he's like doing his work because he's so good at it, and he's I kind like, of like in his him element. in the back, the back, the back rooms, like the conference you like him in the tables. Back. Yeah, you know where he's like he's with like, a marker board. Yeah, I love that, but I really love him in the courtroom. You like a little bit of authority with his gentleness I and do. his stroke. I do. And so to circle back to circle Netflix. back, I've been so I've been watching Netflix late at night. I'm dragging the staircase out because I don't want to finish it just yet because I need like to spend more time with David. And I saw a, this movie with Chloe Grace Moritz where she's just like has a head bandage on and it says <laughs> brain on fire. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> So I watched the trailer and it just looked like it was like, oh, she's really sick, but like doesn't know what it is. But it also looked like a true babe moment. So then and last it was recommended night, 98%. 97% oh, recommend, recommendation. Which from, means that Netflix which means, is calling you out as a babe. No. Yeah. Netflix was like, babe, you might be really into this. And I was like, babe, you're incredibly right Netflix is like you love a bad movie they were like you love like a white girl having some sort of brain damage and being really confused and like in high daft that looks like soap opera yeah and like not anyone like no one knowing what to do i love like 
I love like white women going insane. Like that's like a very particular genre. Girl so Interrupted a, really did it for you. It really did it for me. Like I bought that script when I was in high school and used to like read it in my <laughs> aloud in, in my York bedroom. You and got it on the street? What? Did you buy it on the street No, I bought the script like on Amazon. Oh, or, like, oh like I bought eBay or something. Yeah, yeah. I bought it like a Craigslist. book. Yeah, well, yeah. no, they sell. No, but you know, in New York on the street, they sell all those famous scripts. The bootleg. No, they sell the scripts. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I forgot you. I just had a New bootleg Yorker. journey in New York the first time I went. What? I bought, we have to come back to the movie, but continue. We will. I went to New York with my mom after eighth grade. We went to a lot of musicals, and then people were selling bootleg VHSs on the street of like new release movies. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, jackpot. And I bought all like 20 of them DVDs, and they were handheld they were not dvds it was vhs oh were they handheld some were handheld some were in really great condition it was a crapshoot but i went loco because i was like i need these movies in my life you can also buy scripts of famous movies i love that I just on the side which is what made me think of that yeah but i did buy the girl interrupted script and i just like that's like a genre that's very like near and dear to me so when we were at the Nomad last night, we were like, we're fully not participating in like Fourth of July activities. Well, you had a whole tirade about fireworks during daylight. Well, yeah, because people I were setting them it. off during daylight and yeah. it was like unacceptable to me. It's a waste of money. Yeah, it's a waste of money and a waste of fireworks. And a waste of resources, time, energy, and fire. Yeah. So we were trying to figure out what to do. And I was like, there's this movie on Netflix that looks really good, Brain on Fire. And we just like blazed and watched Brain on Fire. And it was truly, I cannot recommend it enough. We identified with various characters in the movie, Mm -hmm. assigned them to each other. Mm -hmm. And then basically just had a running commentary the entire time. Because it's not the kind of movie where you need to actually hear what anyone's saying. Because the majority of the movie is just Chloe Moretz. Being confused and like blinking and like tripping and like getting me like, nah! and like the screen gets like blurry and she's just like, what's going on? The movie literally is this. It's like Chloe Moretz feels weird. There's no spoilers either. There's no spoilers. She feels weird. She doesn't know what's happening. And she then gets really sick. And so, and that's the, the entire movie. There's yep. no character development beyond yeah. just like her, like literally like falling down or like having manic episodes. And mm-hmm. it's just like, there's not even really like tension. Like I was drawn in because I was like, what is wrong with her? Like, is this movie going to take like a science fiction turn? And I her thought it- acting is, I'm talking the room level bad. It's, it's unbelievably. Not great hilarious to watch she just especially when you're high and to watch her with her fillers in and like her lips are plumped up i don't think she has fillers you think she does a lot i posted about something on my private ig sorry guys Uh. but and a lot of people were like oh god i've been living for her since she had her fillers so i kind of do and also i'll say that i want to give a huge shout out to whoever cast that movie because it's the most random collection of people that I never thought would be in a movie together. Like, I'm pretty Tyler sure Tyler Perry, Perry is no, in that movie. He is. It is. You checked. Yeah. It's Tyler Perry. Tyler then Perry. the sort of indie offbeat comedian Jenny Slate. Mm-hmm. Who's great in it. Well, she's wearing a lot of, like, red 
Beats by Dre she headphones. Wear, I feel like Beats by Dre definitely threw some money at the production because <laughs> the Beats by Dre headphones are heavily featured. She's always wearing them. She's she's always, o- and like, she's always wearing she's them. She's like, what's so wrong with you? And then so later she's like, I love you. deal of like Beats by Dre. It's a deal. Yeah. I think Beats she by Dre a made a deal. She got a free headphone. And, or the movie got like an influx of cash for the budget to like, that was like product placement. And then... Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss. Who's like really fierce. That's who you guys labeled me as. Yeah. She loves a drink or two. She loves a drink or two. Her line is literally like, hey, sorry, I'm late. Would anyone care for some alcohol? Which <laughs> Within five minutes. Which really of the show. adds journey. Yeah. If we're being honest. Anyways, I choke laughed, spit out wine, um, couldn't handle the hilarity levels of how absurd the movie was. I can't recommend that movie enough. And I really think that it, it will bring made. a lot of light to your lives to watch it. And it was produced by Charlize Theron, which oh is my a, God. The, a true confusion moment for me. But I also like love that because I feel like I know where Charlize's heart was at when yeah. she was like deciding to produce this movie. And I feel like everyone went into it with like the best intentions. TBD and Chloe, to be honest. I think everyone did like, I think Chloe really saw it as like her moment to, to get an Oscar. Yeah. Like she fully is thinking it's like her Oscar moment and everyone else is like, Oh my God, we're going to like bring awareness to like some serious issues. No, I think Chloe was like fully thinking she was going to get like at least a Golden Globe nom or like a in like an indie spirit award nom. And like, I love that. And this movie, I just love it when a movie like falls flat. I don't know whether Ryan told you today, but he did a little bit of investigation on the movie. Mm-hmm. It was made in 2015. Oh, that tracks. Shelved. Shelved, yeah. And then I think Netflix just like thought. They're like, like, why not? No, yeah. Like, just throw it into the world. I'm sure if I'm watching it, another one of the, like, billion people, like, it has way better chance to, like, for people to watch it on Netflix. When I posted you in my story last night and you said, head on fire, someone DM'd me and said, brain on fire. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they'd already seen it. Yeah. And it's a book, too, apparently, that's actually supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, based on a true story, yeah. The book's I would love to read the book now and see, like, how they measure up, because I have a feeling they don't. Well, the interesting, also, just to end on this point, the interesting thing about, because we did do some dig digging. Mm-hmm. and uh, On, like, what was going on in the movie? Well, just, like, the promo for the movie, and the only person that promoted it that was in it was Charlize. She wasn't even in it. I mean, that she produced was associated it. with yeah. it. None of the stars posted a single thing to be like, it's out now on Netflix, like, check it out! No. I, it got a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think everyone has been, like, dreading this day for three years. I think everyone's just like, whatever. If we ignore it, maybe it'll go away. But it's Charlize not going to go away because it's on the front away. page of Netflix. Charlize, I love that she's proud and that she's going to like she's rep proud. it hard. And frankly, I think you, as an influencer of Babe, are going to like get people excited about it. I think people are already excited about it. Like, I feel their excitement right now as I'm saying it. They're like putting in their to-do list, brain on fire. If must. you like this podcast, you'll definitely get how absurd and funny this movie is which i think is just going to get them a couple thousand ten thousand who knows twenty thousand views i know i should reach out to netflix and be like did you see a spike in the brain on fire activity on the day of whatever 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 when this podcast comes out and i'll bet they will they will and i want you to email me too if you watch brain on fire and i need to know your thoughts yeah i like i love feedback even though i'm only part of a three episode arc 
I'm really into the feedback. And even though my first episode hasn't even gone live yet, I, know. I can't wait for the feedback. I know. And I hope by the time the third one we tape that I get a little. Um, I wanted to talk about something that we've both been through oh, and God. had a history with. <laughs> because it's like, it's really, it's I a dark. anyone's who's ever made anything has done it. So Ed, when we were going through and like making his Amazon wish list, <laughs> he was like, you have to help me because he's a Nana and doesn't know like how to put the wish list together. So I and by the way, my phone was guidance. being difficult. What? Oh, oh yeah. Amazon were... was being the Amazon app. Like I need to speak with Jeff Bezos like Please. ASAP because the app has issues and it's very difficult to make a wish list on the Amazon. If app. you know someone that works at Facebook, Chances are you have a reader that works at Amazon. Yeah. There's got to be some Amazon readers out there. And I need you to connect with me so we can fix these glitches so that more people can have wish lists. It's not user-friendly. And Alexa's not doing it. So I'm helping him with his Amazon. And we uncover a treasure trove <laughs> of Amazon reviews. that, And I find out that not only is Ed's Amazon name major music fan, but that he's left like... How many reviews? I think it was like 80. It was like 80 reviews on Amazon mm -hmm. of a lot of music mm -hmm. and just like random couple movies. Of books. Couple of books. Did you review any products? No. You have a lot of opinions mm -hmm. that you feel comfortable sharing online under a pseudonym. Pseudonym. And father of two. Your bio said father of two. <laughs> I've since, I've since erased everything, so you can't find it. No, you can't find it. You can only find one now. I left one review You out. left one review, and Which, I want you to read it, because it was actually really good. It's a review for David Cronenberg's Crash yeah. from the 90s. Please read it, because you have opinions, and you love making them known, but you don't want them to ever be tied back to you. No, and we're not going to name names, but I certainly made my voice heard you definitely in Amazon did. Review Land. But what I really liked is that you would say in I, your review, down on my father you'd of two. You doubled down on your identity as a yeah. father of two. And you'd be like, as a father of two, I really thought this album would resonate with me because it's, it's like dad, dad rock. rock. But as a father of two, I have to disagree. You would say it like multiple times in your review, which makes me so wonder, babe. Like, babe? babe? It's like, but that was the mid aughts and I was starting my career and I had to like assert some sort of, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it really was like, I feel like everyone just has like an internet babe history. I mean, come I mean, on. I've and so there. do you. Yours is still live. You didn't, you're not afraid of it. What? Your review of your own book. Oh, yeah. I reviewed my own book for sure. You were like, this is amazing. No, Whoever I'll the author is. Wait, read your review of David Cronenberg's Crash and then oh, I'll well, read my review. it's not pulled up. I mean, you'll edit it, but. I find it. Why is this? Why is this website so unuser friendly? It's not user friendly. Like, you can Keep order this things. part in the podcast. You it's can, so. Horrible. We're like trying to find our Amazon reviews and it's like impossible. And it's like when you have to do anything other than shop, things become very complicated very. on Amazon. Feedback, cancellation, need, nothing. Please let's tweet and Instagram Jeff Bezos to like fix this. I think there's a reader that works in He's some another department. older hottie in my day. He uh, belongs in the David Rudolph. You're not into Jeff? No. Oh my God. He's like a bald muscle daddy. I could do a whole podcast on like Jeff, but I'll save hair. it. Okay, read yours. Read your review. So I erased a lot of reviews because I don't want to get in trouble. And also I want you guys to visit my wish list and know that I have wishes out there. Mm -hmm. Which 
is kind of weird because I think a lot of you might think I'm dead inside, but I'm not. I've got wishes and goals and dreams. You're not dead inside. Every The thing about the wish list is everyone has wishes and it's like, it's a very, I encourage everyone to make a wish list no matter what. Yeah. And I think what you were saying was, and I think it's a really good idea is that everyone that comes on your show in the future should make a wish list. Yeah. I decided that every guest that I have will make a wish list and we'll share it with the readers and then they can decide if they want to participate. And, and there's what would no be really pressure. great for self-esteem of all your guests at the end is if you tally up who got the most um, no, I gifts won't. at the end and then rank them publicly. No, I would let <laughs> I would let the guests do whatever they want to do with publicizing their wish list. I love an unboxing moment and I've really found an audience with that journey. So I will continue to share, but they can just either love it or leave it. It doesn't matter to me. I won't control them. Okay, so go so ahead. Okay, read your Amazon review. The only review that I left public and live was for the movie called Crash, not the one that won an Oscar. No. Which I also which I didn't like at all. For, I, at first, when you said that you'd love to review for that movie, I was 100% on board because that movie is like I hate worthless. That movie. Yeah, it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. And I actually think this might be divisive with readers because people that I never would expect would like that movie are like, oh my God, Crash is so amazing. Like, tackles like police and like religion. I'm like, no. The first time I ever watched Crash, I was so deeply moved by it. I was like, wow, that movie was incredible. Like, what a journey. Oh, I was immediately But then like, the second time I watched like, it. trivializing some bullshit. No, then the second time I watched it, I was like, uh, this movie fucking sucks. It's so cliche and dumb. And Paul Thomas Anderson is one of... That's the, not Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> who is it? <laughs> it's Paul Haggis. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> so don't, don't even worry. Well, it's not PTA. PTA also has divisive movies, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I always in my mind have thought that Crash was part of the lexicon. No, babe. No. I'm sorry. Am I bad? Paul Haggis did Million Dollar Baby, too. Oh, then I'm just not a... You're not but didn't a, Paul Haggis do Breaking the Waves? Another. I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Because I love that movie. Can you look that up? Read your review. Come oh, on. God. Jesus. All right. So this might be hard for a lot of you to understand because I don't know how old you are. But just so you know, this movie is called You're Crack. not like 80 years old. I'm turning 40 this year. And I'm referencing a movie from the early 90s. I'm sure they've seen it. Well, anyways, this review was published on February 3rd. 2000 Love. pre 911 18 years ago 18 years ago more 18 and a half years ago yeah she- put that in your cap and smoke it or pipe anyways so the headline is one star only love stop or my mom will shoot was better than this dot 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 this movie isn't bad because of the explicit sex scenes it's bad because it thinks it's good when in reality it is dull pretentious and ridiculous It's laugh out loud dumb before I knew about lol. It is officially the worst movie I have ever seen, dot, dot, dot. And the only reason I'm writing this review is to spell all rumors that this is a quote unquote chilling take on the hollowness of the modern world. It's not. It's not chilling. It doesn't have a take on anything except bad sex. (laughs) Funniest scene, Holly Hunter has just seen her husband fly out her windshield and die. Mm-hmm. And she sees across the way that a guy who hit her car, killing her husband, is cute. So she <laughs> proceeds to take off her seatbelt, 
rip off her shirt, casually start massaging herself. Anyways, if that sounds interesting to you, go for it. But it is not intellectual or interesting. It is just tried. I think I meant to say tired. It is tired. Or no. It's tried and true. Horrible. No, it it just tried to gather attention with its NC-17 rating. Like I said, I saw this years ago. And by the way, this was published in 2000, so it's a mid-90s movie. And it is still the worst movie of all time. My God, you felt that's my really, first review ever, and that's the only review I'll keep public. You felt so passionate about that. Also, I was underage and I got in. I love that. But I, I saw when I watched that movie half the movie theater leave, and I don't blame them because it was. What is the point of that movie? And if a reader has like an interesting take on the movie, I'd love to hear about it. Well, here's my interesting take, and I haven't seen that movie, is but about I the hollowness know, of the modern world. I know what it is like about it's like about people that get like turned on by car crashes and like death and, and like they love stitches to like, and like they lick like wounds and stuff i love that i feel like i would love this you movie. might love it i mean that's i don't want any more would you ever watch it again maybe and if we like took a toke and like had like kind of a chloe moretz bring on fire moment but i don't want another like sharing toothbrush moment with you where we just can't agree i know i hate that i hated that yeah that I was really, hard that was hard that was a fight it's a huge. We had a fight, fight on I mean, the we podcast. Were really, really struggling. Things got tense. <laughs> they did. Didn't get tense at all. <laughs> I love to play up a drama, though. You love a drama, especially moment. after the past dramas. But <clears throat> I have two reviews. One is for a friend's book, but one is for my own book. Because when your book comes out, you need to like. Be your own hype man. To be honest, I think that I reviewed my own albums, but then later felt shame and deleted it because when I looked back, I couldn't find the reviews, but I'm almost positive the reason I created a profile that said father of two was that so that no one could trace it to me. Well, my Amazon profile is totally like not me. Like it says SML from Chicago, Illinois, USA, and I'm not. Well, you went to college I'm kind there. of like that, but also not. And you I probably think started a, it in it's college. It's a profile photo of Mariah Carey. Which I love. Yeah. Um, That's baby exclamation point. For yeah, me. very. And so I left a review of my book, which I did this on uh, in the iTunes store. And then my agent at the time saw it and shamed me. And then so I figured <laughs> Stop out. Stop shaming people for reviewing Stop, their like, own books. You should music. review your own book. Like you that, got to. To me, that is like a legitimately okay thing to you do. You work so hard and everyone's just downloading it for free. You might as well just chime in and be like, this rules. Yeah. Like I'm here to like hype myself and like spread the word that the book is great. So I did. And so on White Girl What's Problems, the date? On February 1st, 2012. Okay, so after, like I'm February 3rd, 2000. So it's... 12 years later. 12 years I took later. To Amazon. Just under two days shy of 12 years yeah. later. <laughs> you took to Amazon with your own years, thing. And 363 days later, I took to Amazon to write my first ever Amazon review and you of had my something own book to say. And I had something to say. Which I respect. And what's great? Oh. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. I just, By the way, like, my review got 7 people found this review helpful. 18 people found it. Oh, mine well, yours really. So good. I wrote mine also in the tone of like not myself because I was you were kind I of being like father of two. Yeah, I was kind of father of twoing. So, okay. <laughs> 
Because I also didn't, I was shamed from the iTunes review, so I thought I'll take a different tone that's not really me, but just let me see if I can sell this book in the review. So you tell me if I'm selling you on it. All right, go. Obsessed (laughs) by SML on February 1st, 2012. At first I had my doubts, but the title caught my eye, so I bought it. (laughs) Also for $8.39, I'll buy just about anything. Hell surprise. This book is hysterical in all caps. I was literally laughing from start to finish and I couldn't wait to find out what was going to happen to babe next. She's a bitch, but the bitch is like with asterisks, like from B asterisks, 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 H like not okay to cuss. I felt like that would resonate with a reader. They'd be like, oh, she was really hiding her true self. Yeah. <laughs> That's also they'd be like, that wasn't Lara. That's not Lara at all. <laughs> She's a bitch, but I totally want to be her. Birkin's Babette. You'll get it when you read it. And all. Because you have to give him a little Yeah, you'll get it when you read it. I agree with the other reviewer. The only problem with this book is that it's over after 288 pages. You go, babe walker. (laughs) My favorite thing about your review, and frankly, I almost wish that I hadn't erased my reviews of my own work, like, probably about seven years ago, is that you start off with what you think is going to really throw off anyone that's suspicious with the, I had my doubts. At first I had my doubts. Yeah. Which is a true in a psycho's brain. Like you're like, wow, no (laughs) one's going to catch on to me now. Well, I was like, (laughs) if people are reading the reviews and they're really like combing through, they're like, Oh, it's a skeptic. Yeah. Cause I'm a big review reader. Like I love like any sort of restaurant. Like I will extensively like get deep into Yelp reviews and like, I want to know everything. So I'm from that perspective. I'm like, okay, well, what do I have to do to suck someone in and make them believe that this would be a good book to purchase? You've got to pretend that you You were not interested to begin with. I'm over it to begin with. Yeah. You were over it to start. I think I might have done something on one of my own reviews. The title called my I might've been like, I heard a lot of hype, but no, (laughs) I was like very calculate cause I'm trying to sell. So I'm like, so am I not only did the title catch my eye, but the price point was really good. That's where it starts to feel a little <laughs> bit like it's you selling. For eight, when you start talking about money and how cheap it is, that's when I'm just like, this review might be fake. For in eight, retrospect, but also that's kind of true. Like for eight thirty nine, I will buy just about anything. But you know what? For eight thirty nine, you can buy any album in the world, and no one will spend that on an album. Yeah, but that's because like the music industry got fucked. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you won't buy an album, so you won't buy it. No, because you can get it for free. Yeah, and I can get your book for free. Where? Torrents. I guess you could torrent a book, but it's hard. Do you even know how to do that? Not at all. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There was when I'm trying to prove a point, okay? I'm trying to say that people will pay more for a mozzarella stick than they will for four years of hard work on a book or an album. But people buy books kind of still. I know because it's like it's a different industry. It's like vinyl. It's like, oh, look at it on my shelf. Like I Yeah, I'm like I like a physical or I want to download it on my Kindle. Like there's a lot of different options to engage with a book and like no one has truly I mean like I feel like the internet really fucked with publishing, but like it didn't not to the extent that it fucked with the music industry. Which is no, now I'm, like we're fucked. Not fucked. Well, a band of our size is fucked, but like if we were bigger and I could and I was younger and cuter 
and I could just get like branding deals and it would be like chic as fuck. And I'd be like, that's amazing. Like, I love this industry. If I, if like a nail polish company or like a sneaker company was like, Hey, just like mention our company and you'll get like this amount of money, like fun. But you could. No, because no one approaches me for that because I'm not really an influencer. Just an FYI. But I mean, you I'm, have 600,000 followers. You do get like influencers. I'm just going to lay this out for the babe readers is that the only reason I have so many followers is because I was an early adopter at, at Instagram. I was about to say Amazon because we've been talking about this about so much. Mm. You were and an early adopter of Amazon, too. I was. I mean, 2000, 2000 February 3rd, my mm-hmm. review. You've been 18 years you've been at it. I'm an early adopter with the <laughs> internet. Um, but Instagram contacted me within like eight months of them launching, being like, oh, like it looks like you really like our like platform. We'd love to profile you like working on your album. And I was like, great. And back then, they used to do this thing called suggested user, where like every time you'd sign up, like it would just be like, oh, follow these people. Promote you. Yeah, so I got all of these people that follow me that have no idea what I'm doing, but and what, they're all dormant. But I think they're all so just, your engagement level is not high. It's not that high, no. And I can admit it because I'm coming to terms with a lot of things in my life, yeah. especially my Instagram engagement level. Mm-hmm. But if you Mo- readers want, most of all, your most Instagram. Of all. Engagement. But if the readers want to help me, just comment and like, and that would help me a lot. And maybe I could get a Nike endorsement deal for a change. Well, yeah, you could also just become, I mean, you have, the interesting thing about having 600,000 followers on Instagram is that But you people s- are too savvy now. Four years ago, you could fool them and be like, yeah, and I did. Well, yeah, but you could also <laughs> just like, you could figure out a way to, like, that's not nothing. That still is like, if you, so, okay, so you have 600,000, but even if you have 200,000 people that are like- I would wager to you, say that it's 100,000 people that are still alive and awake paying attention that's still good it's not bad but it's like it's kind of now in this day and age it's like a mill or nothing no it's not there's been a whole trend of micro influencers that like goes it's all about now like people are focusing on people with smaller more engaged audiences well you know what if there's any readers out there that want to sponsor me or have me do a spawn moment for a micro influencing kind of moment i'm totally down Just <laughs> i love that you're me. like guess what i have this it means nothing no one's engaged well, but no, also it, now i think i am about so like if uh, you do want it yeah well you know i've got a hustle you're not really giving the laura marie shane hall's hard sell on your that's because i'm being real and i'm really into being honest these days <laughs> i am yeah when i look in the mirror i've got to talk to myself mm-hmm Speak the truth. The interesting thing about my review is that five years ago, someone found it and then responded to it to then recommend something to to me to buy. (laughs) And here's what they said to me. Hey, LMS. I totally agree with you. If you loved it so much, you will also enjoy no You will enjoy also No Whore District. It has a very similar style. The only main difference is that the center of attention are in this book men of different sizes and races rather than clothes. As far as I know, it's Hmm. now only available on Amazon Kindle for less than $3. Money worth and a great laughter are guaranteed. Sounds like the author. Sounds like the author. (laughs) Definitely. But I'm like... An author to author moment. It's an author to author moment where it's like, you want a deal? And you say eight fifty is your threshold? I know, well, I'll give you a three dollar. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Called back to the price because they knew I was like an author. Yeah. But now it's not available. So I will never know what no whore district is about a lot of men that are different races. I'm about to promote this podcast like crazy because I want a lot of readers to come in and give feedback because I love it. You love it. Are we ready to go to Yelp? Yeah, let's go to Yelp because that's truly, I think at the beginning of our friendship. It was one of our first lols. This was one of our first lols is like we went out, we went out on the town one night and then at the end of the night we were coming back to your place and you revealed to me that you had an alter ego on Yelp. Mm -hmm. Named Evan D. Not Edward D. Not Edward D. Evan D. And you had left how many? I'll tell you right now. 152 reviews. (laughs) (laughs) The last one was over four years ago. But the one before that was over six years ago. The one that, the one over four years ago. Are the biggest, some of the biggest babes in the world. Like, I live for a Yelp review. I'm a babe. You are. But also, I'm all all forms of babe. Yeah, same. Everyone is. And frankly, but that's what this is about. I think my reviews are highly entertaining, but. I insist that Lara reads the highlights. Okay, yeah. Give and me, we've give only, me, I'll, I'll, I know the good ones, and obviously the negative ones are the good ones because the positive ones are just literally like, I love the like foie gras. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, who cares? You love, you're also a bit of a foodie. Oh, I'm a foodie. You're a, you're a foodie. Okay, so Lara, take it away. This is my most recent review for Evan D. And the last one, it's over four years ago. I'm dying. Okay. This is in San Francisco. Evan D, whose profile says about him, I love quality shit. (laughs) You have 25 friends on Yelp, 152 reviews, location, Brooklyn, New York, Yelping since December 2007. You've been Yelping for 11 years. Well, but look at the last review. Well, yeah, but you're you're not so active. My peak was 2007 to like 2012. That's when I peak Yelped. Was this like beginning of your band, like on tour, just like having not a lot? No, to do, I had yelping? like a side venting, like where I just need to talk about like how like restaurants are just like not okay. <laughs> Some of them just weren't okay with me. I love that you're like I'm really busy with this other stuff, but like this is my side thing that I need. When you're on to, a like, bus, you've got time to like fume. I love it. Okay, Evan D reviewed Farm to Table. It's like a coffee and tea. Where is Farm to Table? San Francisco. San Francisco. Is it still open? I I think it is. Yeah. Okay, cool. Farm to Table. (laughs) Gave it one star. (laughs) Please don't be deceived by the title of this place. First of all, it's one singular table. So if you don't enjoy being crammed around other people inches from the kitchen which is a mini convector oven and espresso machine that's your first warning now that we've gotten over the fact that it's a shoebox let's first discuss the food okay maybe it's coming directly from a farm to their singular table but i'll tell you what it isn't 
made to order. <laughs> that shit is pre-made in the morning by what it seems to be an insanely stoned out slash acid damaged elderly SF spirit mistress. The menu, which was basically four things, sounded okay in a, yes, Starbucks now has a fancy SF bakery sending its stuff instead of cardboard muffins from North Dakota way. Insanely basic food. Which, if done right, I guess is a yay. This place is a giant nay. <laughs> the scone was rock hard. The egg situation was a situation. But I think what made this place numero uno offender and reason for me to actually log back onto Yelp two years after my last review and scream some reason into the nothingness of the internet was the price point slash service. <laughs> You were going to pay for some seriously boring shit here, and you were going to wait a long time for it to be reheated for you. And when you get it, you will get it at their leisure with zero friendly vibe. You can, if you are lucky, sit outside in the fog and cold and sit on a weirdly misguided City Park's public grass chair spot. You might have to jockey for a spot there as well. Definitely don't ask for things like no sugar in your coffee. <laughs> that what they served all their coffee was sugar. Just wait. This is amazing. Thank you. This is really good writing. I think I'm pretty good. I did study journalism when I went to college. Great writing. Like you've written for Vogue.com. This is better. Yeah, (laughs) it's my best piece of work. On their chalkboard, they tout their very special iced coffee, which is just an imitation of Blue Bottle's New Orleans situation, and now overly familiar cold brew with sugar. I asked for it with no sugar, please. I grabbed a scone. My partner waited 40 minutes for his reheated egg situation. After his eggs came my iced coffee, saturated in simple syrup. (laughs) I muscled my way through the crowd, why it's crowded I have no idea, to return it politely. The acid victim looks confused, her thinning gray hair gently falling into various (laughs) plates of food. Acid spirit, you want sugar in your coffee? Me, no thank you, I told you no sugar please. Acid spirit, so you want iced coffee with sugar, which is our specialty. Me, no thank you. I'd like iced coffee without sugar. Is that possible? Acid spirit, I guess so, although that's not our specialty. Meanwhile, I'd already had a bafflingly long conversation the first time I ordered it about the easiest of requests. No sugar. (laughs) 20 minutes later, literally, she comes stumbling out like a zombie. Then out of nowhere, the 60s spirit decides to dish up some serious passive-aggressive Bay Area righteousness to me. Acid spirit, here's your iced coffee without sugar. Me, thank you. Acid spirit, let me stand here and watch you take the first step to make sure you like it, said with exaggerated smile and barely veiled annoyance. I'm too cold and bored and over it to even ice her bullshit back, so I just say, yep, there's no sugar, just how I like it. She leaves, we leave, we never go back. I advise you steer clear of this little turdling of a spot. That is truly like J.R.R. Tolkien levels of Yelp review writing. Like you literally were like exterior farm to table. I tried my hardest to give it a good. How long did that take you? I don't know. Half an hour. Two days to write. Half an hour. I was fuming. This was amazing. Thank you. You might have found your calling. If the band stuff doesn't work out. Should I come back to be a Yelp reviewer? You should come back. Who's going to pay me? Oh, I, I think should you be... should become a restaurant reviewer. Oh, that would be a fun. A food critic. You'd be great at that. This I is would amazing. Be really good. I would truly, I would read. If the LA Times or, or San Francisco Chronicle bon had Appetit. reviewed that, Farm to Table would be. Mm-mm. But uh, how many useful votes did they get? 
Let's see. I want to see what people thought. How many laws are useful or... I can't see. So I think it's at the bottom. At the very bottom? At the bottom of the review. Mm-hmm. It's not at the bottom of the review. Did they take away that aspect they where you could like... Have. I don't oh, know. Oh, it used to be like four people law. Yeah. People. I don't know how it shows they up took like it on away. the iPad. It's inc- well, that's incredible. Thank you. I mean, I'm really trying to like be honest with people that are out there about farm to table in San Francisco, but I also have 152 other reviews that's that are insane. trying to be. We need to link the readers to Yelp. I want them to see it. They need to see. Also, it. half of these places are closed, maybe because of my reviews. Well, but hold on, I'm trying to find another really good one for you. Really that's from Miami. Did you love that? You're I like that's it. your best writing ever. That truly is your best writing ever. Like you chant like I'm like, I love your music. I that's like my number one love. But this is like almost eclipses it. It's a close second. Like it's a viable backup career. Oh, here, this is a great one. This is from Miami. Red light. It's closed now. Oh my god. But I don't think I closed it. This place was just a disaster. Seven years ago, red light was Caribbean food. Miami. It was during Art Basel. The one and only time I went. In all my yelping days, scratch that. In all my days, <laughs> I have never disliked a restaurant more than I do Red Light. <laughs> Having just been in Miami for Art Basel and wanting to check out some locally loved eating spots, Michael's Genuine was delicious, albeit crowded and kind of cheesy. You keep it real. You'll give it up, but then you'll keep it real. <laughs> we were very excited to try James Beard, does that even mean anything now? Awarded Red Light. This is so foodie, it's next level. This you is, love it. Evan D is the number one foodie. You love Evan D. I love a foodie. Because I really do. My theory is all foodies are babes. And it's true. And Did I you put had, the question mark? Just babe. I'm sorry. This is a babe question mark and exclamation point. I think I'm writing great reviews that are this helping actually, the public save their money. This is, it would, I would see this and I would be like, ooh, I don't know if I want to go there. It's closed now. Yeah, exactly. Finish but the like, review. I'll finish it. I'll finish it. But I'm like, this is making my life. Okay, so. <laughs> you forgot about Evan D. I did. A touch off the beaten trail. That's okay with us. On a beautiful canal. Sounds great. This canal had more in common with a Goanna sewer canal of Brooklyn than anything. Gowanus. Re- <laughs> what? I don't know what Gowanus is. In Brooklyn. I never okay. lived in Brooklyn. Rephrase it. Gowanus. This canal had more in common with a Gowanus sewer canal of Brooklyn than anything remotely picturesque. That's okay. We can do rough around the edges. That's the mystique. Woo! We were largest table. Made a reservation. Arrived on time. Sat down on time. All is good. Patio is not really so nice. There's a cat wandering around. Compact, fluorescent lighting, zero ambiance. Man, this food must be good. First things first, the waitress was possibly the worst I've had in quite some time. The first thing she said was that the best thing on the menu was the snapper. Then they told us they were out of it. Okay, thank you. She would casually wander in and out of our lives at her own leisure, acting more like a ditzy zombie than anything else. We order drinks. One by one, they come at a snail's pace. They aren't good. The Sazerac is a mess. <laughs> you, I'm putting that on your fucking headstone. The Sazerac is a mess. Here lies Edward Drosty. The Sazerac is a mess. 
we decide to sample all sorts of appetizers. There was some salad described as crazy salad on the menu or Literally. something of that nature. We ordered some BBQ ribs. We ordered various entrees. One hour later, the first dish arrived. One hour. We kept pleading with the wait staff. Zombie girl vanished. A new guy would check in if we were lucky. He told us this is a very special kitchen and they do things so specially that it takes them lots of time to make the special things. This crazy salad sure better be special. Um, it was literally no joke. Denny's salad bar situation, some iceberg lettuce, some oil, zero flavor, some random veggies. It was straight out of an airplane (laughs) catering cart. (laughs) Gross. How about that special gumbo? No, just some small rubbery shrimp and a musty flavor. (laughs) Kind of felt canned. Zero presentation for anything. Mind you, one gumbo came. 20 minutes later, another came. This was obviously just ladled from a pot, but took an hour. (laughs) Then the crazy salad came. Then the ribs came. They were all just, they were just all kinds of wrong. The meat was tough and chewy and essentially flavorless. As an insane lover of all things meat, I was barely able to get down a few bites. (laughs) It had the taste of being old and neglected, much like we were. (laughs) Good way to bring it back. I love that. Good writing. Great writing. Everyone is starting to panic. They My were. <laughs> they literally were. It's the founders of Refinery29, Philip and Piera and Justin. And they were. everyone was getting cranky and angry because they were so hangry. And people were having like a panic. How long were you there at this point? Hours. Hours. Like two hours? Probably about two hours at this point. <laughs> Starving. Oh, my God. My friends order another Red Stripe. And out comes a bottle that looks like Red Stripe, but it's called Prestige. The waiter says, we're out of Red Stripe. You have Prestige. Thanks for letting us choose, dude. The vegetarians right now are dying, and each time a waiter appears, they arrive empty-handed. It's been about two hours, and we had plans afterwards, so for the first time ever, I don't think any of us had done this, we decided to tell him we were leaving and to cancel the rest of the food. On the way to relay the message, we found our first waitress. She was picking up cat shit with napkins in the stairwell. It was a fitting farewell. Fucking disgusting. Avoid this place. I mean, you definitely you had a terrible experience, and you took to Yelp and aired your grievances. My favorite is that when we were leaving, we finally found our first waitress, and she was picking up cat cat shit. shit. Wait, did anyone ever write back to you on your Yelp reviews? Because now, when I look on Yelp, it's I always see like the owner, the manager will be like, "Hey, Evan D, thank you so much for giving us the feedback. Like, we would love for you to come in again. Like, has anyone ever done that with you?" I think I was in too early an adopter. Mm-hmm. Adopter. Now people were like, yeah. are so like customer service-y, yeah. like real. What's the date of this review? This one was just says over seven years ago. Oh, well, do you want one more or should we move on? I think we'll move on. Okay. I lo- But I will post your link to the patron so they can see what we're dealing with with Evan D's you, to be like, honest you wrote like, I think probably pa- a book's worth of Yelp reviews honestly I feel like the readers are gonna really enjoy and respect my opinion because I'm a foodie and I'm gonna steer you into good vibes no so wait what are your favorite restaurants that? now in LA yeah or just like I anywhere love just tell the readers some now that you've established LA. that you're a foodie. A foodie who knows what they're talking about. I'm just seeing how many words. So in America, North America, excluding Canada, because I don't really know their sushi situation, the best sushi I've ever had is actually in LA. 
It's called Sushi Park, and the price oh per, yeah, that one the price per sushi piece is not cheap, but compared to the ones that are really really high end, you're getting a huge bang for your buck. Like it is literally so good. I thought they had just like a fixed rate omakase or something. They do, but like you could like you could make a mistake and be like one more shrimp, and then like add thirty dollars to you. So like you got to be careful with that. But it's so good. It's my favorite thing. Omakase at um, Sushi Park. I love Night and Market Song. There's two locations. La Bestia. I love Baco Marcotte. I'm just going to do LA places. Mm-hmm. I really like the place in Venice that is called Jelena, but Jelena's sister little deli spot. Justa. Is way, Justa. I like that way more. Yeah. It's got just so much yummy stuff there. It's all, I get, Again, foodie talk overpriced and frankly i mean nothing is just get me a goddamn dip tea candle and we'll call it a day (laughs) (laughs) i love that i feel like you're really close to getting that i feel like after hearing my reviews people might people i I did put steak on my wish list i trust your opinion on food and i did and you did get a lot of food related items on your wish. you're very passionate about that so i feel like i feel like we're discovering just like possibility and to be honest I'm not going to lie to the readers. I'm going through a hard time and a gift would be fun. You, I just calculated how many words you might, because I was like, okay, I think these are like 500 words each, maybe. What were they? You've written probably like 60,000 words, which is a book. That's like well, what White Girl Problems was. Like it was like well, 60,000. Well, can I say something? I'm a writer. You are. I went to school for journalism. I love that. And things didn't go my way because I saw when I was in school for journalism at NYU, I had a dream of writing for the New Yorker. You know, we all love the New Yorker. It's an amazing publication. That's what you wanted to do. Yeah. I was just like, I want to be a writer for the New Yorker. That's like my dream for everything. Like doing journalism or short stories or I was more into like essays. Okay. And like also just sort of like front of book vibes where it's like current events, but like with a twist like a, a take, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I, I have some older cousins that I'm really close with, um, like a good like 10 or 12 years older. And at the time, I was probably 21 or two. And they had invited me to a few parties, and they had a friend, and she was like, oh my God, I think her name's Marissa. I don't even know if she writes for it anymore. But she was like, I just got my first front of New Yorker piece and i was like that is so cool and i was like 22 like at a party like drinking a heineken just like doing it up just being mm-hmm. like i'm with older people like cool like, yeah manhattan life you know and then i was like we in my brain not to her i was like how old are you and i was like eh. i was like 45 mm-hmm. by the way i'm turning 40 this year yeah you're about to, you're, yeah i'm about to age. turn 40 but i'm also like still another five years to go mm-hmm. To like get to Marissa's level and yeah. literally pays $300. And that's back then mm-hmm. when they were like valuing journalism. Yeah. So then I had like a revelation where I was just like, wow. So if I want to do what I love, which at the time was writing, mm-hmm. and I want to be an essayist and like discuss current events and do all that kind of stuff for like respected publications like Harper's and New York Magazine Mm -hmm. and the New Yorker and all that kind of thing. It's going to take me a good 25 years to get $300 to get in the front of the book. And that was a huge wake up call for me. Yeah. 
where I was just like, well, that's not worth it <laughs> for me. Yeah. It's not going to be satisfying for me. For some people, it's satisfying, and I respect that, and I love them, and I want them to babe out and be like the journalists that they are and the writers that they are and like live their truth and like finally get into the publications that they respect and love. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was like, I don't have 20 plus years of patience to get enough money to go for like a fancy sushi dinner as a foodie. I've just got to put it into foodie terms. Yeah. Put it into foodie terms. I mean, like, I uh, mean, writing is definitely not like a moneymaker across the board, especially writing when you're, striving to be in sort of like literary journals like the paris review or something it's interesting because like writing for a tv show is lucrative writing for a tv show is lucrative and like writing for a book like my book deals with like when i was doing micro problems were lucrative at the time and like but that that's deceptive because not all writing is like that and like you can definitely get i mean there's staff positions at publications like the new yorker or whatever else that will like you'll get on a salary that's probably pretty competitive for that field but i don't like i don't know it was just like a deceptive journey when i like and my journey as a writer was so unexpected where it just happened kind of all of a sudden it's kind of how music happened it was like unexpected yeah and it was like oh okay well i literally went from being on unemployment and like random freelancing like the worst type of like freelancing production jobs to then I had a book deal and I was like, I'm an author. Like I'm a writer. Like this is insane. You are a writer. Well, I am, but like it was, it just was like, it was zero to 60 so fast. And I feel like when you're looking at something that you really like love to do, cause I kind of had that same thing with acting. Cause that's like what I started out doing, like growing up and like, I've seen the modeling shots. You've seen the modeling shots, but like I went to school like my freshman year of high or my freshman year of college for like acting in like a triple threat theater program at Oklahoma City University. And I really like after the first year, I mean, obviously like people in acting school are pretty like null to me, but then I mean, it's like a lot of personalities to like deal with. They're like <laughs> they're very, they're trying, they think they're the worst kind of null, which is they think they're so lol, but yeah. it's truly just like a null all around. So like, I hate that kind. It was like very, it's a fake a lol. I wouldn't even, I was just like, There's oh my God, like get me out of here. Like I'll just like, whatever, take the notes or do the monologue, like let me go. And then after that year, I was like, okay, what? I'm going to do this for four years, like spend my entire college education, yeah. like doing this. And then, that's not, there's no guarantee. Like you still, it doesn't matter if you have formal training or not. It's like, you just get out there. So then it was like, I really reframed and then decided to do something pretty much exactly adjacent. I was like, I'll be a director. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to go to film school, which is equally. love that for you. Almost like, almost equally as worthless, except I did learn like actual like software and like techniques and like how to make a film. How's that working out now? Great. It actually worked out really well for this podcast. Does it still translate the technology you learned then? Yeah. Well, like I learned... (laughs) Because it's always... I learned Pro Tools for music and then I can't even understand the new Pro Tools now. Well, I just learned basic like commands and stuff. So when I started podcasting on my own and like producing and editing podcasts, I realized like 
I've had experience with editing software, like with audio, like I know what to, I know just like the bare minimum of what to look for. Like I wasn't just starting from ground zero, which was helpful, but like, it's just interesting when you're young, what is so important to you versus when you get older, what's important to you as far as like work and job life is concerned. I think it's also crazy when you're older, like you start to have to value salary which Mm -hmm. is like really like something that like when you're younger you're like i am not looking for the money you know what i mean like you're not trying to be like the sellout or whatever and like when you get older and you want to have a home or a dog or a child or whatever that costs money it's very much becomes like this stressor it's a stress it's Mm -hmm. a stress thing in your life where um it's not like, and neither of us are pretending like we're check to check. You know, we're not like the bottom of the barrel. Like we, we are. No. I'm just not, this isn't a pity call. I'm just saying like when you get older, your sort of idealism that you had when you were younger has to take sometimes a back seat. But it is kind of crazy because you're young and you think like, oh, like this is what I want to do. Like I just want to write for the New Yorker. You know, like you're just mm-hmm. like, that's what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And then like, Thank God I like went to that party and like didn't pursue it for 10 years and like waste my time like interning for free. Like that was the, I mean, no shade to like a one year intern, but like a five to six year intern for free is honestly readers. Please don't do that. No, don't. I mean, I think six months max, actually. I I would even, I would go, I would say six months max, but even like three months max. You've got to have a promise at the end. And like the free work, the the free work market that's out there right now. And it's getting worse and worse because everyone's just like, like photographers are literally like, like established photographers. And this is crazy to me. Like who? Crazy. I'm talking about like people that are like, have done, huge campaigns for nike you know like i'm not like they're not names that people are going to know per se but like you know some magazine like another magazine which is just some sort of chic parisian like whatever Mm -hmm. like you know fashion journey they're like it's an honor for you to be like shooting our editorial so it's like you just have to like do it for free and that's been that way for a long time but like it's just so crazy right now given the expenses of things and like i mean it's always been crazy but like i just find that that level of like where we are right now where we're just like you're lucky to be involved is kind of just like fuck you well i think a lot of that too like comes down to you have to really set a boundary and say like this is what i know i'm worth and this is what i want to be paid and no but we're like we're like in our 30s it's like a lot of people don't know that i know but it's like it's hard as a freelancer or creative who like, cause I supplement with like random freelance jobs that will happen here and there and like do like, I'll work with like advertising firms and like, as just a freelancer come up and like do like campaigns or write copy for them. But it's hard to have a conversation about money like that. And that's like something that I've never had to do before or like get good at. And so part of me like part of just like having like that side hustle. Cause that's not something I really want to do for a living, but it's something I really enjoy. And yeah. it's like, especially if I'm working with like fashion or in entertainment, like getting to work on like a campaign or a brand is like fun. But 
the conversation when it comes down to money makes me so uncomfortable, but I just try and remember like, you have to like know your value and then go in and be confident being like, I'll do this for this much yeah, and be willing to walk away if people yeah, are like, because to I be had honest, a recently, I had a people, situation people where people get sucked into those situations and there's no payback. Well, yeah, but I had a situation. They don't get acknowledged. They don't get the credit. Someone else takes the credit. No, you might as well just like get the money. Like that's what it's about at the end of the day. Like hopefully the work is like kind of fun or easy. And I mean, you get so paid. many people take credit for younger or, or like, unestablished people's work. Yeah. But like I, like I got approached by people from like a very established like American magazine, like for their online, they were doing like a video for like, a legitimate like a-list celebrity and they found my email address out of like i don't know how they even got connected with me but then approached me and were like hey we really want you to write this like the turnaround's really tight like would you be one would you want to like write a script for this and i'm like yeah i definitely do like let's talk more like i'll i'll loop my manager into this email and we'll just like hash it out and then it slowly as it became as it turned into like, let's have a legitimate conversation about this. And like, obviously, like, I'm 34 years old. Like, I don't do shit for free. Like, that's just not like, I just don't. The end. Like, that's a no. And as it I'm became. I'm doing this podcast for free. Well, yeah. But like, <laughs> I don't know that. God, I'm joking. Fucking troll. Oh, it's a troll. Come on. Uh, troll the troll. Troll the troll. But it's like one of those things where you're like, I'm like, okay, yeah. like, I do, I would really want to work on this. And like, it would be cool to say that I worked on this, but like, if you're now falling off and like ending communication, when I try and like legitimize this and like come to an agreement on how much you're going to pay me, it's not like I'm asking for like 50 grand. Like I'm literally asking for you to like talk to my rep. And like, if you fall off when that's happening, like goodbye and good luck. Like you'll find someone else to do it for free. But I just think it's like, you have to, it's you just get older and you have to like set those boundaries. Can I also like give a little piece of advice that's on my mind that's like slightly adjacent? Yeah. In terms of setting boundaries, like if you're in a toxic relationship, work or relationship, romantic, I really think it's important to just honestly, finally, as you said, set the fucking boundaries. And that takes so much effort and so much like stress to do mm-hmm. because it's like you it, you can be gaslighted you can be blamed it can turn around on you no matter how much accountability you take for your actions it can be like a nightmare but you What's have a, to just learn sometimes how to walk away mm-hmm. it's a release of control yeah and it's like how badly do you want this versus is this compromising what you know your worth is? And that I think, or your like mental health. Yeah. Worth or mental health. And like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those kinds of questions that go into like creative. Yeah. And creative endeavors with other people become like actual relationships. And I don't just mean like friend to friend relationships or coworker relationships. I mean, like when you are tethered to someone and you have to creatively work with them, it becomes like you're married to them in a way. Yeah. As you well know, having written a book with people mm-hmm. and collaborated on so many things, having been in the band with three people, I feel like I've been in a four-way relationship with three straight guys for 14 years. Yeah. And it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And it's up and down, left and right, 
third dimensional, fourth dimensional, fifth dimensional. It goes everywhere. You yeah. Know? Well, it's constant negotiations with people and like there's and so everyone's much... evolving in different directions. Yeah. And there's just like so much communication that has to go into that type of relationship. And I don't know. It's just like a whole there's it's a whole different set of factors. But I think it's kind of it applies across all fields. It's like no, yeah. No matter what you're doing, like whether you're going into like some sort of creative profession or you're going from like like you're going a more traditional like route, you still have to know like is this a something I want to do and b like what do I bring to the table in terms of like talent or skill and or see hard how work. much am I appreciated? How much am I appreciated? How much am I getting comp fairly compensated? Like all those things. And that's hard to navigate. Cause I feel like I really grew up just thinking, Oh, I'm going to like go to college and like get a job. Like I didn't ever think about that kind of stuff. And no. then when I started to be like, when I got out of college and like started working my first internship and thought like, Oh my God, I'm going to be like a film producer. Like that's amazing. Then realized that I fucking, that is amazing. That would have been amazing. <laughs> but then I realized I was like, I fucking hate this. Like I want to die. Like I don't want to do this. But like I guess that's like part of life is you just like have to do a lot of things that you don't want to do. Was the owner of Botanica walking by, good restaurant, back to Foodie Land. <laughs> I guess I just thought like life is a series of doing a bunch of things that you don't want to do and then you like finally get to like a place where you like love your life and like you're so happy with what you're doing even though it's like something that you hated from the get-go like I'm kind of like from where I'm at now looking at myself in my early 20s going through that I'm like I did make the right decision because I really do think and this might be like for you going back to like writing and your passions with that like I really think that your gut instinct when you enter a situation or you find something that you really like or you find something that you really don't like, you just kind of have to trust that and then just keep working within that. And like financial stuff, like it kind of ebbs and flows in a way mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, it might take, I mean, it might take, maybe it took that woman like, 20 years to get her like cover story or like whatever but like that doesn't necessarily mean that's, a book yeah or what is that what it's called does or that mean like talk it, of the town it's like one of those short ones in the front okay oh like in the first few pages well after the listings and then they have like those ones that are about half a page where it's like sort of like a topic for about five paragraphs mm-hmm but it's like if you're motivated and like you really want you really want to do something and you're dead set on it and it makes you happy money then becomes somewhat secondary. And then the like fun part comes in where you're like, okay, unless you literally can't survive though, because the thing is, is like, I think this woman was financially supported by her family, which no shade, like that's great. Mm -hmm. But like, not everyone has the opportunity to just like, strive towards the front of book like five paragraph moment in the new yorker and be like i did it you know it's like yeah like you know we as you very well know but like, that's different if she has like if she has like a trust fund and that's all she's trying to no, do i'm just saying like it's like follow your dreams follow your dreams follow your dreams but like also at the same time like get compensated which is i think we're both on the same page about yeah definitely and if you're not getting compensated don't don't even give them the time of day 
do it for a little i mean if you're young do it for a little bit yeah and yeah. then like use it to level like, up you said three months yeah i said six I know. I we'll say call it a compromise. Four I and always, a half. I go and talk to college students a lot and like give to like the students that went to the same like semester in LA program as me. And I always say like, just go dip your toe in the water in an internship, try it out mm-hmm. and then literally just use it like to make connections and like go to the next place that you weren't really. I'm not going to lie. Connections are everything. And that's been the way since forever and it's crazy that it's still so true yeah like when i started the band i hustled so hard like i wandered around with like burnt cdrs because it was like you know pre i don't know streaming pre all that shit so it was like cds were like how you like got the word across Mm -hmm. and i would like literally go to like coffee shops restaurants being like please play this in your restaurant. Please play this in your coffee shop. And I had no shame at the time. Yeah. No shame. And I like, don't regret that. I don't know if I'd be capable of doing it now, but also like I had friends that were like interns at like a magazine that like doesn't even exist anymore. And I'd be like, is there any way you could write like just four sentences on this? Mm -hmm. And like that ended up like, I have to say like, Word of advice for people that are just out there trying to like make their dreams come true. Don't be afraid of hustling and don't be afraid of asking your friends for a favor. Mm-mm. I really, really firmly believe there's no shame in asking for a fucking favor when you're trying to get your shit out there because it's fucking hard. And it's even harder now when everything's just like a giant like vortex of like information being thrown at you and like free content. And it's like, how do you even get that to people now? Yeah, you just have to put it out there and then saturate the marketplace or something. I'm like, that's why I feel like there is no saturation of marketplace anymore unless you're like a Kardashian or like a megastar. I don't know. I mean, I'm like, that's why I have three podcasts. I'm just trying to like. Well, you're killing it. Get it. I'd like to say on the side. But should we turn shift to lols? Yeah, let's shift to lols. Let's shift to the reader mail because we have some reader mail. I love reader mail. Same. Dear Lara, after my friend Hitchhiking Babe recommended this podcast to me, she was featured on Reader Mail in the Find Your Light episode. I started listening to your podcast two weeks ago and just caught up today. Those many hours of listening to your voice truly got me through my first two treacherous weeks of corporate America. So thank you. So thank you. And also thank you to the other readers because they've asked so many questions that I can relate to. I can save my babying out stories about my love life for another moment, but right now I have a question about gay culture. Oh. A few months ago, on a visit to New York with my choir, I saw my cousin and his boyfriend one night. We were so cheap that we decided to just stay in and watch TV instead of going out and seeing the city. I mean, relatable. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm like, every night. It sounds I mean, good to me. TV is my number one hobby, so I don't care. I suggested Broad City, which they also watch. Oh, I love. We picked a random episode, and I got ready to lol, which I desperately needed after a 13-hour bus ride with choir kids <gasps> screaming the harmony to the Moana soundtrack at the top of their lungs. 13 hours. However, the hang turned into a huge gnaw when I lolled at gay jokes made by Alana's gay brother while they sat there in silence. After the first instance, I felt so uncomfortable, and I felt like I was making fun of them by finding these jokes funny. I'm not trying to excuse myself, but I'm very used to lolling freely with my gay friends, and I was a little thrown off. I felt that maybe a gay individual making the joke made it okay, but maybe not. 
I want to be respectful of them and their sexuality, but I also don't want to uncomfortably wait to laugh at a joke until they do and make them feel uncomfortable. Do either of you have advice going forward on how to navigate situations like these? Love and light. Choir, babe. Wow. What do you think? You love Broad City. First of all, I love love Broad Broad City. City. I've watched almost every season multiple times. What I'm going to say is that and all that happened is not Not your problem. Worry about at all. Yeah. Like literally, I know the gay brother and he is a super lawler and super cool and a really smart guy. Elliot. He has his own podcast. He's amazing. He's got great podcasts. Lots about golden girls and stuff. Um, but that's aside the point. Even if I didn't know him, I'd still say the same thing. I'm like, that's not your problem. And frankly, it'd be one thing if it was like some sort of right wing comedy person being like making like, well, no, it would. Like, you know, if it was like Jeff Foxworthy being like, well, the fags are here again. Honestly, I'd probably loll at that. You probably would. I mean, I I guess, would. you're allowed to loll at whatever you want, but you just maybe don't need to publicize it. You're allowed to loll at whatever, and it's like if someone, if you're gonna watch a comedy thing, but I mean, like, Broad City is so liberal, and if your cousin and his boyfriend like couldn't loll at that, then like that's just like a testament to the fact that the gay community isn't just a singular journey of lols. Yeah. And There's maybe, a lot of different laws within the gays. If you feel like you crossed a line with your laws and you feel like it created uncomfortable energy, you can always talk to them about it and just be like, hey, like, did that joke make you? Un- I felt like that joke might have made you uncomfortable. Like, why is that? And then maybe it'll uncover a way like they'll tell you something that you didn't know about them and then you'll get. My question, closer. honestly, is how old are they? Because if they're like 18, like I'm like handled with care. But if they're like 35, and I would just be like gloves off, be like, get a grip and lol. I would just be like, <laughs> I don't think I would even, I don't know if I've ever noticed if I'm lolling, if someone else is not lolling, which I'm realizing now. Wow. That's a big revelation. <laughs> like I, When you lol, you tune everyone else out. When I lol, I lol for myself and like... As long as I'm lolling, it's fine. So I maybe feed I'm off a your laws and We feed off each other's laws. Yeah. As we did on the Chloe Moretz movie. But I don't think you have anything to worry about. And if you, honestly, your cousin would say something to you if he felt offended. And come on, that show is literally made by like the most queer cast of people ever. And like, if he, if he didn't like the joke, he didn't like the joke. So he didn't lol. It wasn't a sense of humor. Maybe he's more into like, kind of like, Two plus two equals five. <laughs> <laughs> I like that your answer is maybe he's into a math law. Maybe, maybe he's just a dork. We don't maybe know. He just, like loves math. Maybe he just like a dumb joke that makes no sense. I mean, everyone's sense of humor is different, but I really, I wouldn't sweat it. And I think that it's fun. Like, I mean, I think we can all loll about things. And like, as long as you're accepting and loving and like, it's like kind of, the onus is on them if they're offended to be like, why did you laugh you know. at that? Yeah. Because like, it's literally like, it's just a fucking TV show. And like, honestly, if I were watching my family member lol, like a fucked up racist comment by a comedian or a politician or something, I'd say something. You have to be. The yeah. One to kind of and say then something. you just are like, what the fuck are you doing? But like, honestly, I don't think they're losing sleep on it. But I think it's really amazing of you to even think about that. And that's very compassionate and um, empathetic of you. Yeah, it is. And like, here's actually a good rule. Should like, I use so, empathetic the right way? 
I think so. Okay, cool. We have a mutual friend who's in school right now studying to become a teacher and her program that she's in is like super like social justice-y, like woke. And their rule of thumb is anytime during class, like if someone makes a comment that like offends you or it's like rubs you the wrong way, you just say, ouch. And then if you ouched, then it's your responsibility to go to that person and say like, Hey, what you said made me uncomfortable and this is why. And like, let them know. So an ouch. It's such a sweet way. I love an ouch. Yeah. It's a real way to like not make people get like riled up. So maybe also they were just like stoned or tired and they They might have, maybe they didn't even ouch. They might have been post coitus. Yeah. You maybe you're projecting an ouch onto them that wasn't even there. But I think. As I think you're in a great anything, don't babe exclamation it. point territory because the fact that you even wrote this email means that you're a really compassionate person. So that's my hot take. Love. All right. We have another one. Hello, Lara and guest. I don't have anything too interesting to say, but my therapist recommended that I read a book running on empty. And I think you guys and possibly the readers could really benefit from it. It's all about parents and emotional neglect and the long-term mm. effects of it. Jesus. I know that emotional neglect sounds heavy, sounds heavy, null, but after I read the book, I realized how many people have experienced in big and small ways. Anyways, have a great week love i love that there's no question there it's just like reflect on emotional neglect i love just like a statement and i can and i don't even know how much i want to go into my family vibes right now you don't have to i don't have to no one's forcing me not even you reader i love that recommendation and i'm gonna add it to my wish list and maybe if i look into it i won't even wish list it i'll just buy it We didn't get to a lot of reader mail today, but we can get to it next week. And I want you to email me at babepodcast at gmail.com and uh, write in. I want to know. I feel like I've really missed, I've missed the reader mail and I've missed like our babe check-ins because I feel like the reader mail is like a wellness check for my soul. And so I just like, I've missed feeling like connected to the readers so write me babepodcast at gmail.com don't forget about my wish list don't forget about ed's wish list and uh, follow me on instagram at babepodcast and uh, yeah we'll see you next time thank you i hope you're having an amazing summer (laughs) you're wishing them an amazing summer i hope everyone's having an amazing summer oh having an amazing yeah okay i love that you're at a beach or at a lake or at a pool Oh, yeah, I hope you're near a body of water. Yeah. I certainly wish I was. Or a bathtub. Um, love and light and TTYL. Bye. Bye. Babe? When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.